Does everybody know what time it is? Time to hide your kids, hide your wife. We're looking for you. We're going to find you. We're going to find you. So you can run and tell that, run and tell that, run and tell that. Homeboy, home, home, homeboy. Talk singing is my thing, and this is grunt work. License plates, wedding gifts, tax returns, checks to politicians from real estate firms, money, bills, and canceled checks, funny pictures of your kids. We're going to steal your mail on a Friday night. We're going to steal your mail by the pale moonlight, and we're going to replace it with an iPod shuffle loaded with literally dozens of episodes of Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that's a member of the Neighborhood Watch. I'm your host, Truman, the uh, 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 man caps, and with me as always is my co-host, Landon, the wee-oo-wee-oo-wee-oo man Solano. And I just want to let you know that I think my neighbors think I'm crazy after that intro. <laughs> uh, I have so many. That, that intro and our nicknames overloaded me with comments that i now can't think of a single one to say <laughs> i could i could i could hear myself bulldozing you as you tried to as you tried to come in with something i was just like nope i've got this i've got this figured out in my head i have to get it done <laughs> uh first of all do we even have dozens of episodes worth putting on a ipod <laughs> it's look if we're already stealing people's mail we're already we're already doing them dirty we're not going to put good episodes on the on the ipod shuffle also <laughs> The fact that it's an iPod Shuffle means they have no control over which episodes they're hearing. Like, oh, okay, so it's, I get a little torturous there. Okay, yeah, yeah, like like everything everything we created is torturous. Yes. Uh, secondly, I, I couldn't quite I couldn't come up with a comment on this because I can't quite grasp what it's reminding me of. The Wii U. Uh, oh, I know what it is. It's it's um, <laughs> it's the sound that. Uh, the lead actress makes in Kung Fury, uh, or Kung Pao, Fists of Fury, or Legend whatever that, that or whatever. parody yeah. movie was. Yeah, yeah, I, I know the one you mean. Yes, um, which I, I think I haven't seen it maybe in twenty years, but uh, I would say that might be the only thing that holds up in that movie is that she just goes <laughs> wheel wheel and runs away every time. Um, maybe that's not even funny. I don't know. You guys tell me. <laughs> I'm cracking up over here. I, I, th- I thought you. it was brilliant. Yeah, uh, your, yeah. Your laughter is silent but deadly. Truman, it's great to be <laughs> speaking with you this week. <laughs> I I highly doubt that, but Landon, it's good. It's great to be speaking with you as well. Um, how are you? I, what do we say I, I, I at, at the beginning of the show? I know it's not even hot in here. It's been um, very uncharacteristically cool in Los Angeles. <laughs> recently yeah uh, and i feel like i've already lost my mind uh yeah. could be because we're nearing my bedtime it's currently seven thirty as we're recording um <laughs> so old man landon has to go to bed soon and yeah it's a little loopy i, I get that no night. yeah before the metamucil kicks in things get uh, <laughs> things get pretty wild <laughs> I, and and only it was in only last week's episode, dear listeners, that I was I was dissing Home Improvement for making old people jokes that involved Metamucil. So um, I, I guess the moral of this podcast is that you become the thing that you hate, oh. uh, or the thing. Well, but I don't hate Home Improvement. You become the thing that you have a complicated relationship with. <laughs> complicated is a good term for it. Yes. 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 Oh, oh my God! But we watch an episode of Home Improvement this week, the penultimate of season five. 
Yes, it was the ultimate episode about pens. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think that uh, the Bic really came out ahead this time. That's that's me. That's my belief. Uh, I really I like the gel tip ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, I, I can see that. You're always more of a gel tip person. I thought that Fountain would come out ahead, but much like this joke, um, it's uh, it, it turned out to be quite bad. I think that well is running dry. Yes. Uh, Landon, what, what happened? Ah, ah, there you go. You're always better at this than me. Landon, so that people understand what happened in this penultimate episode, what happened this week? On home improvement. All right, compose yourself, Landon, and get through the synopsis. Here we go. We have to and be serious. A one, a two, a three. <clears throat> when Wilson's house is burgled, his precious artifacts stolen, Jill becomes concerned for the safety of the Taylor household. She encourages Tim to install the biggest, most state-of-the-art security system that money can buy, and even film a Tool Time episode about it. However, we yet again learn that more power is not the answer. Meanwhile, Brad contemplates cheating on an exam. <laughs> that is a very succinct and uh, and um, all-encompassing synopsis of this relatively light episode that we watched. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you, you, before we talk about how we felt about it, want to guess that title? I, that's an that's an interesting take on the on the guess that title sound effect that you did. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to go that way. <laughs> I gotta I gotta throw some variations and remixes out there if we're ever gonna put out this mix track. Because you didn't you didn't do it in a super low voice. You just kind of did it at your normal tone, which made you sound like Max Headroom. <laughs> uh, I don't know, and I, I liked it. Um, yeah, so I, I have it. I'm like, hey, 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 Landy, he likes it. So I have three options. Okay. I have three options for I what this episode could have been titled. They are not this. And also, I guess we have to say, okay, so this is part one of what had been called our Chalupa Challenge. Uh, I want to throw this out for debate, even though you and I have not spoken about it. I guess we're not supporting Taco Bell anymore. Oh, wait, what happened with Taco Bell? I saw something about it on Twitter happening. Wait, what did they do? Was it about... Was it, well, I, are, I assume are, you knew uh, from my I don't you know, I've been staying away from social media, but um, to the extent that I know they fired someone for, um, I believe, trying to support Black Lives Matter. I, I'm not entirely certain what the scenario oh, Taco is. Bell. It could be one of these things where social media is, Ooh. you know, coming out a little strong. I'm not sure. I don't want to support Taco Bell, you know, uh, oh, man. thoughtlessly here. But yeah. Um, OK. Well, okay. Well, we're gonna have to find some new source for fourth meal, I suppose. And uh, yeah, the Chalupa challenge might have to be the uh, chimichanga Ooh. challenge. I could go uh, for a chimichanga. Some, I could always go for chimichanga. And the thing is, you can get those anywhere. Not well, any Mexican place at least, and not necessarily any Mexican place because it's an Americanized food. Um, <laughs> but yes, the the, the t what you're saying is that the title guessing is the first part of a. Uh, competition to win some uh, Mexican food from some as yet to be determined fast food place. Yeah, I, and I think it's a fair trade off to go from two chalupas to one chimichanga. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't know what the exchange rate is, but uh, the, <laughs> yeah, the chimichanga exchange I think it's, rate. It's about the same. You get like a chimichanga is like half a burrito, but fried. So if you're looking at the contents of a chalupa and you put it inside a burrito shell and then fry it, I think it's about the equivalent of one chalupa. I mean, one chimichanga. You know, there's nothing in the rule book that says uh, a chimichanga can't play two chalupas. <laughs> All right. What are your titles, so, sir? <laughs> let me take a crack at these titles. Okay. Option one. 
No Cause for Alarm. Why? That is the perfect title for this episode. I Thank you. Yes, I agree. That I was sort of hoping that I lightning would strike the way it did last week and it I would get not. it right. I guess that proves my, my scientific theory that I threw out there about lightning uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 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 a shame, Landon. Science never uh, science really can't be whatever we want it to be, huh? Uh, second one, Al arm system. <laughs> okay. In that scenario, I see instead of getting a state of the art alarm system, they just hire Al as a bouncer, which I love. Or <laughs> or it's it's an episode where Al gets a bionic arm, which is operated by a system. Can we just can we not cover episodes of Home Improvement and just come up with theoretical episodes of a <laughs> fake TV show starring Al Borland? <laughs> I, I Landon, I feel like we've kind of been doing that for the entire time. I, I mean, again, there's this there's a supercut of us doing that that is almost the exact same length as all of the episodes of the podcast we've done. All right, next one, and last one, uh, insecurity system. Oh, again, another perfect one. Thank you, thank you. I, so three, three perfect ones. I didn't say that. I said that that's Get, a perfect one as well. One hundred percent of the ones that I said were perfect. <laughs> well, they certainly are in comparison to the actual title. Um, do you want a, a clue? I guess we, we, you know, that's kind of what we have to do. But I don't even know how to give a clue for this one. It's one of these titles that's like. Kinda on the nose, but still not anything anyone would guess. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, g- give it to me, man. I- I'm feeling lucky. Like the like that like that other button on Google that no one ever clicks. Um, okay. So it's in past tense. It's a, a statement in past tense, mm-hmm. and it is the um the first word is a play on the actual security system. Uh, the the I guess the repercussions of that, and it's in relation to the reason it would go off. Mm. I hope you don't edit any of the silence out. <laughs> I mean, like I, I I tooted my own horn. I don't know that. It's I, not even a colloquialism. I mean, it's it's so on the nose. There's no way that you would ever get this. Just, just, yeah, just give, give it to me, man. I'm okay. sorry. You guys aren't getting any Mexican food. Alarmed by burglars. Uh. <laughs> now, if you uh. had to pick door number one or door number two, door number one says alarmed by burglars. Door number two says Jill's birthday. And you had to choose strictly on the episode title. Which door do you pick? Uh, and which one is better or which one is worse? <laughs> well, I, I mean, you have to walk through the door not knowing what's on the other side. So I would assume Jesus. you're going with whatever is, uh, you know, going to be safest for you. I, okay, I think that Alarmed by Burglars is better because there is at least some half-hearted attempt at wordplay there. As opposed to <laughs> Jill's birthday, which is just... <laughs> just what it is. Just what it says on the tin, yeah. Um, alarmed by burglars was alarmed by broadcast. burglars. Well, and to be fair, they are alarmed by burglars, and there are alarms uh, yeah. in this episode. Alarms. Um, yeah, God, it's just. I think it's one of the worst titles, definitely of the season. But um, yeah, originally broadcast May fourteenth, nineteen ninety six. Truman, who? Buckle up, buddy. Uh, 
directed by Jeffrey Nelson. Ooh. This has been a season of new directors, sir. Yeah, they're testing out. They're they're like you know going going through the going through the bench warmers yeah. and uh, trying out some new people. That's crude to call him a bench warmer. I don't know. I don't know Jeff Nelson's <laughs> well, deal. I think there's there's some uh, some truth to that. Oh really? Uh, because a because the bench was very cold until he sat on it. <laughs> Looking at his other credits. Uh, I would like so I just assumed Jim Prater was in charge of the main titles for this show for forever, yeah. but uh, he is listed as miscellaneous crew opening design uh, mm. for Home Improvement for thirty six episodes. But the reason I say so that kind of falls under the bench warmer thing, like he's part of the show, but you know he does his job once and then it it you know uh, once at the beginning of the season they use that throughout the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, However, he also, with Jim Prater, did the main title sequence for Space Jam. Oh, so there's your there there you go with a bench warmer. I'm trying to I'm just trying to remember the opening credits for Space Jam now, which I'm sure everyone They're at some point in their life very has to forgettable. Do. I mean, it's just like uh, steel brushed, uh, you know, credit names of Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny, playing with uh, projected uh, scenes of Michael Jordan's like greatest hits. <laughs> It's very and that's and that's all it takes to get you an episode of Home Improvement, kids. <laughs> uh, actually, that was after Home Improvement. Space Jam was '96, so Home Improvement got him the job on Space Jam. Okay, okay. Well, then this then this episode is all it takes to get you a Space Jam opening credits, kids. <laughs> As a director, he did Home Improvement. There's a special called Home Improvement Backstage, uh, which Ooh. we'll get to at the end of the series. Home um, Improvement and Nights. Then a, TV movie called Christmas Dream, um, but as the title Hallmark? designer, uh, yes, it totally 100% was, uh, as miscellaneous crew uh, title designer, he did Space Jam, Howard Stern's Private Parts. Oh, the, that's a that's a VHS cover I remember. <laughs> the forgettable Billy Crystal Robin Williams uh, mashup Father's Day, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Sea Biscuit. Oh, <laughs> and <Seabiscuit>. Home Improvement. <laughs> What a weird I, smattering of credits. That's, that's, I see, I remember when Seabiscuit came out, that was just kind of the movie that everyone agreed was like, yeah, yeah that's good. It was sort of like the Bridge of Spies. <laughs> yeah, of, I was going to say the War like, Horse. <laughs> yes, also, well, yeah, okay, it's like Br- Bridge of Spies if Tom Hanks was a horse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you said that straight into some producer's ear and we're going to see that soon, I'm sure. Uh, you know, yeah. Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> uh, you know, Bojack Horseman's done with now, so they need they need the movie adaptation. Yeah. Uh, um, but getting back to the credits here, directed by Jeffrey Nelson. This is his first directorial thing, written by Charlie Hawk. Ooh, another new uh, member here. So this is the first time that we've had a new director and a new writer, both first timers, on an episode at the same time. A lot of fresh blood being cycled through the old circulatory system of this home improvement episode. Yeah, and Charlie Hawk, uh, spelled H-A-U-C-K, um, is he's he's got a lot of television uh, credits to his name um, from the B. Arthur show Maud back in the seventies to um, <laughs> uh, Home Improvement. He he. This is his first episode, but he's written seven of them. Um, Damn. And two episodes of Frasier. (gasps) (laughs) 
I don't know that you've gotten to them yet, though, because they uh, come in 1999 and 2000. I mean, we're, well, like right now we're in season 11. We are like oh. five episodes away from the end. Which episodes did he did he write of Frasier as we uh, dip into oh, Frasier yeah. Corner? He, he did uh, episode seven, uh, or I mean season seven episodes. So he oh, did Jesus. Uh, Asar is born. Okay. Oh, is that the one where uh, they, they have the forged uh, or they have the stolen um, uh, piece of Russian history or something? Yeah, and they go that, to Antique yeah, Roadshow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, and then he did uh, Hot Pursuit, which is um, they are at a broadcasting conference uh, for it being a meat market. It's kind of a Roz and Frazier episode oh, where they're right, kind right, of right. flirting with maybe sleeping together. Yes, yes, I remember that episode too. Wow, huh? That's okay. Well, that's a first. Some overlap in the writers' room from Frazier and Home Improvement. Yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting. Uh, indeed. Uh, so, with that information, does that change your personal reflections at all, sir? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I'm not such a Frasier head that I, that's going to like. Oh, someone who was affiliated with Frasier wrote this episode, so now it has to be good. Um, <laughs> that being said, this is the best episode of Home Improvement ever. Uh, <laughs> you know, I thought I, my personal reflections. Uh, I thought this episode was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It, it was it was light and it was fluffy. Uh, it was kind of clear from the get go though that this episode was just going to be light overall. Yeah. Kind of plot, well, kind of plot light, but also everything tied back. Like the the B plot tied into the A plot better than that, it has in a lot of other ones. That's one hundred percent my reflection here, and I I do think it's because it comes from a writer. Uh, even though he wrote for Frasier after this episode, I think it shows the caliber of his writing that he can you know get to that level where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's able to put two separate stories together and tie them together, even if it was a little unsatisfying by the end, how they come together. Um, yes. I much would have rather them, like, catch Brad in the act and, you know, um, have that, you know, maybe bump that up. Whatever, I'm not going to do a Monday morning <laughs> writer's room. Uh, That's what the rest of the episode is for. Exactly, dude. exactly. So, uh, but, you know, I think... This is very uncommon for Home Improvement to actually have their plots uh, meet in the middle somewhere. <laughs> or meet yeah. in the end, I should say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes they meet in the middle, too. Sometimes, <laughs> Or sometimes their plots end in the middle. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, so I, I thought that, and I also, I also would just say, I was just happy to see another appearance from Jason. I like Jason a lot. Senator Jason, yes, absolutely. Senator Jason, yes. Uh very, very interesting to see him come back in this episode. I'm sure we'll get into lots of stuff about him uh, later. Oh, yes. But let's um, thank some patrons. Yes, yes. First and foremost. I, uh, I think we should. I was wondering when we were going to do that. I've been trying to interject and ask you to do that because typically <laughs> I am the one who remembers when it's time to do that. <laughs> I want to thank Kirsty. I want to thank John. Also, I, I thank don't want to do that. Tara. Yeah. I want to thank Tom, and thank I want to thank Tom. John. I want to thank you, John, too. And I want to thank Mason. You can't see yeah. me right now, and I kind of am getting sick to my stomach because the mannerisms I'm doing with my hand and my mouth as I'm reading those was very Trumpy-ish. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know how or why that came out, and I want to apologize now to all of my patrons for uh, going into that. <laughs> I've, we've got the best Tom in the world. Everybody's been saying it. I, my Tom's got I have, two M's. Uh, they're very big M's. They're the biggest M's. They're the greatest M's. 
John came up to me backstage. He had tears in his eyes. He said, thank you, grunt work, for everything you do. <laughs> Nobody wants this right now. <laughs> No. This is just totally it's so it's shitting. so great. It's so I, great they, because I, no one no one makes comedy out of doing Trump impressions or mocking his well-worn speech patterns. We are, <laughs> we are recording before this is broadcast or put out into the world and even live I'm seeing people defund us from Patreon. <laughs> We're we're recording this at roughly the same time that 20,000 people in Oklahoma are getting COVID-19 from the president. So it's probably oh, in Jesus very poor taste. This is Christ. Um, already too soon. Now now we're nice and angry and we're that's not a great even way too to soon. We're, we're before <laughs> before it's even a problem. We're whatever. Um thank you and I'm sorry as usual on yeah, both all, accounts always always to you guys. Let's yes. uh let's get into some deep stuff here. Yes, let's. What do you think about um, life? I I think that life really is only given meaning by the knowledge that death comes for all of us and that it is something that you must go through alone, uh, truthfully. <laughs> Jesus. You went from Wilson to do, Kafka do, <laughs> in under 60 ever, seconds. <laughs> do you ever think about how the majority of people, like there, that there are more dead people than there are live people. Does that ever like, freak you true. out? That's not true. Isn't that fucked up? No, that's no, no, not no, true, no, though. no. That's that's true. There's no way that's true. No, I think I there think are more true. people alive now than there have been in the history of dead people. I I'm not. Are you sure though? I'm pretty sure about that. Science. We're, ta- we're talking about. I the, think I saw a science about it once. You oh you think you saw a science? Well okay I can't argue with that. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to to uh I guess morbid inscrutable questions work. <laughs> The podcast where we both depress you and don't really and, and we talk out our ass and we somehow depress just depress and you. misinform you. <laughs> it's you know lots of fake news tells people what they want to hear. We we posit fake news that makes you unhappy and doesn't tell you what you want to hear. We open in the kitchen. <laughs> yes, yes we do. Installing a Benford sixty one hundred new exhaust fan over the stove. Uh, he calls it a vacuum hood. Um, yes. And as he is doing that, Jill comes home, and uh, she's, you know, you you use the term in the past, a whirling dervish. Uh, She's got a lot of things on her mind. She comes in speaking her her agenda. Um, Yes. And so does the grunt creep. He comes home. Yeah. (laughs) At the same time. He doesn't come home. No, he he doesn't come home at the same time. He just wanders along the kitchen counter at the same time. He's always oh, well, getting his grubby little feet up How do you know he's there? not coming home? Maybe he's ca- crawling out of the void of the bread box onto the counter I, and walking in oh, the same way that Jill is. Okay, you're right. If if there's a portal in the bread box, fine. <laughs> but I am I have a pretty good sense of where all the effing exterior doors in this house are, and he doesn't come through any of them. Um, where, where does he come from? Uh, where does he... Oh, man, come on, dude. We said we weren't going to do deep questions anymore. <laughs> um... But uh, no, but Jill comes in. Um, her knees are weak. Her palms are sweaty. Why? Because Jill's spaghetti is um, well. She needs to have it ready for uh, this. For um, Ypsilanti, uh, it doesn't quite. Yeah. It's like it's like a slant rhyme. I I, I, res- I respect you keeping it Michigan style. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a there's a, a I don't know some what what is it a potluck dinner or something that she has it's this probably big pot a of spaghetti library fundraiser. <laughs> <it for> <laughs> the fundraising will never end. <laughs> 
um, but it is it's in Ypsilanti, which I only want to point out because that's the city I spent the most time in in college. So, oh, really? That's yeah. a fun, funnily named city to spend a lot of time in. It's yeah, it's right uh, sister to Ann Arbor. So, um, there's U of M in the center of Ann Arbor, and then there's Ypsilanti, home of the college that I went to that I don't speak of. <laughs> Because I had a really bad experience uh, trying to graduate from that place. Uh, well, you know, I, hopefully Jill isn't giving them spaghetti because they honestly don't deserve it after <laughs> what they put you through. Um, Why, thank you. But uh, so she comes in and is upset that Tim has installed this massive flame hood when all she wanted was a small vent uh, to uh, get rid of bad smells in the kitchen. And Tim said, well, this will suck 20,000 cubic feet of stinky air in a second. And she says, well, I can live with it in the bedroom. I think I could live with it down here, too. Good. Good line. I like that. As I, I you, you, you kind of just sense the fart jokes coming. I, you can <laughs> you'd see them, smell them, if you will, a mile away. <laughs> um. And so he he tries to demonstrate for her, turns it on, of course. And uh, sure enough, just like you can predict the fart joke, you can predict that this is going to suck her spaghetti up because that's what she comes in claiming she needs. So what else would it be? Um, Normally, you know, the effects crew on this show are phenomenal. Uh, The attention to detail, their effects are just, like, top-notch. But this one... The, uh, it the was a, a notch or two lower. There, I it mean, was, it was a me- medium notch. We're supposed to believe that it can suck up the spaghetti, but Tim's hair and shirt don't even budge. <laughs> and also, the spaghetti does not see. There it's doesn't seem to be any sauce. It's just <laughs> it was it was shredded paper. <laughs> now, okay, well. Now we've long given them crap for how how much you know uh, how, how much they diss Jill's cooking, but if she just made a bowl full of paper for spaghetti, then okay, that, then maybe it's maybe it's fair what they've been saying about her. <laughs> oh my god, um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Is there anything else to this scene? I don't even remember how it ends. To be perfectly honest with you, and I just watched it an hour ago. It, it gets it gets blasted up that thing, and yeah. then like Jill has turned around to get sucked up, and then Tim is looking up at it, and Jill comes comes back in and looks into the pot and said, "Where's my spaghetti? You know, where's my spaghetti?" And and we've all asked that at one point or another. Where's my spaghetti? <laughs> I do that every day of my life. Uh, and and Tim says, "Oh, I think it should be uh, I think it should be out over the neighbor's house by now, or something like that." <laughs> uh, I think that one key piece that we're missing here is that she is kind of chastising Tim for uh, putting this thing up, tells him to take it down. I just wanted something simple. You kind of hit that a little bit, but it becomes the driving force for the rest of this episode. So just want to yes. kind of reiterate that. Um, and from a spaghetti transition, we go to the theme song, where <laughs> we get the theme song. We- wouldn't you say it's a flying spaghetti transition? Uh, I, I don't know that it needs that qualifier, but uh, sure, it's a it's okay. a flying flying spaghetti transition. <laughs> Would, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say it's kind of a linguini incident? Uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we go to the opening credits. Have you got any any commentary on the opening credits to this week? I I, I have a a budding comment that's that's been developing for a while and i can't quite figure out what it is and it has something to do with mark in the dark basement uh in the video (laughs) game that just there's something there that is needing comment on and i can't quite figure out what it is so uh that's my comment okay okay wow well much much like mark i feel like i'm in the dark right now (laughs) as to what you were trying to say we cut from the theme song to the living room where brad is studying um his little ponytails getting longer 
and that haircut kind of hits me like like a bucket of ice water in the face every time I see it. Every time it's like, oh, right, we're doing that I, still. No, I having been someone who was a teenager with really bad haircut, being a 38-year-old man who just had a mohawk for about two months, <laughs> I still, <laughs> I, I'm so conflicted because I'm like, I don't want to have that knee-jerk reaction to think, get a haircut already. But at yeah. the same time, get a fucking haircut. <laughs> it's so awful looking. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, it, it, it to the point of being distracting. Although I do like the little ponytail. He's the mini ponytail. He's got it in purely because it's inspiration for me and my increasingly long hair. Um, and then Jason comes up to the back door and uh, Knox comes in and uh, says, "Hey, there's a big party on Saturday." And and right away I'm thinking like, "Oh yeah, all right. It's going to be another, you know, more more Senator Jason mischief, Brad getting in trouble at a party." That's right. They had a party last time Senator Jason was around. Senator Jason got, like, in big time. I'm surprised he's even allowed in the house after having people over drinking beers <laughs> and smoking cigarettes and stuff at the Taylor house. That's right, yeah. I guess he he has uh, played his uh, politician game on Tim enough that his uh, penance is only that he can't come over when Brad's studying. Yeah, well, yes, and and no one has ever heard of a politician getting a slap on the wrist for committing a crime that would land another, uh, you know, a normal person in prison. Um, <laughs> but you know, so he comes he comes over and is telling Brad, yeah, there's this awesome party that's that's coming up, and Brad is saying, I can't do it, I got to study for my history test, Nerd. and yeah, ex- exactly, exactly, He's still still doing that, Brad. <laughs> and then Jason tells him, no, it's fine, I can get a hook paper route. <laughs> Uh, he learned his le- le- gigantic singing doo-wop son told him not to do that anymore. Dip, 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 but, dip. oh, God, don't, don't, don't make me think about that. Um, but Jason offers and lets him know, hey, well, I can get you the answers for the test. I can bring them by, you know, uh, in a, you know, tomorrow night or something like that. And then you won't have to study for the test because you'll have the answers for the test, which is typically how cheating on a test works. <laughs> I... I- <laughs> I, I saw you caught in that cycle, but I was just having too much fun on the ride to really jump in. <laughs> I, You know what, Land and I, I aim to please. Um, but so Brad is considering this moral conundrum when uh, Tim comes in toting, toting the pot full of spaghetti, which he's collected from next door. <laughs> from Doc Johnson's house, uh, which is uh, yeah. a, a great little detail, which it kind of got the line got trampled on because he shut the door when he said Doc. So uh, you kind of missed out on it. But. Um, he, you know, enters the living room and sees Senator Jason, tells him, hey, you're not supposed to be here when Brad's studying, and he's like, well, that's fine, because I'm not here to see Jim. Jim? Jim? <laughs> what the fuck is Jim? Do- dollar, in, dollar in the jar land, and you know how it works. <laughs> I'm not here to see Brad. It's not even close. Where in the well, hell did my you, mind go on that? I think you combine Jason and Tim. There so you, you go. Very far, they, you, you know my very brain better than I do. I'm um, the Landon Whisperer. <laughs> uh, get on with it. <laughs> Keep going a little longer on that. Felt good. No, this is not. This is not an ASMR <laughs> podcast. We've tried that before. It didn't work. No one liked it. He says, "I'm not here to see Brad. I'm here to see you." Uh, and he bullshits Tim uh, for a little bit about buying and, and, a, a tool, buying a, yeah, a new buzzsaw. Yeah, he's, you know, I was, I'm I'm considering buying my first power tool, and and Tim is immediately charmed. And I just want to say, I. I, I think that Jason is a highlight of the episode. I love <laughs> the bit that this character does. I honestly wish he was on the show more often because I love the dynamic between him and Tim where Tim is just 
<laughs> this kid is so smooth and such a bullshit artist, and Tim <laughs> both sees that, and yet his ego is so big that he keeps falling for it again and again. I find that very, very endearing. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I, I'm having trouble thinking of a movie offhand, but is there a movie okay. where somebody's personality splits into two and there becomes two characters? One that has, like, the id and one that has the ego, like, all the good stuff and one has, like, all the, you know, base instincts. Kind of a Jekyll and Hyde, but where there are two separate characters. Would that be me, myself, and Irene, or...? Yeah, but he's that's more still Jekyll and Hyde because he's transforming between the two. I'm saying, is there, like, a science fiction comedy where... One person literally gets split into two and two person, whatever. Uh, the man with two brains? That's uh, the the scenario that I'm positing here, that at some point this must have happened to Randy, where oh. Randy became kind of a goody two-shoes, uh, but his scheming serial killer self went off and became Jason. <laughs> Oh, I see. I see. They they like some. They performed some kind of voodoo ceremony to uh, channel all of his evil into uh, into a corpse they found under a bridge, and that became Senator Jason. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Yeah. Um, because he he definitely he definitely has all of. I'm kind of surprised that he and Randy aren't better friends because he and Randy are equally smooth. Like, he yeah, seems like exactly. he would be one of Randy's henchmen if Randy had gone full serial killer. Uh, and you know what? We're talking about Randy right now. Might be an awkward time to go into this, but uh, Randy, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, isn't in this episode. Completely absent. Pulling out the milk carton with his face on it. What happened, guys? (laughs) So, uh, I thought, in light of that, let's go into a slightly extended version of JTT Junction this week. Okay, with zero JTT. (laughs) With zero JTT, exactly. JTT Junction, now with no JTT. (laughs) Uh, actually, this JTT Junction, unlike our last ones, has a lot of JTT in it. Um, Ooh, well, that's good. We are. I honestly didn't like that idea. <laughs> we are uh, on Chapter 4, reading excerpts from the book uh, Totally JTT by Michael Ann Johns. Um, yes. Are we now? This chapter is titled Hanging with the Homeboys. Yep, uh, yep, I think we remember. We are on page 43. Um, Not... Not sure that that's not really necessary for the people to know. Following but. along. Truman, do you remember what happened last week? Oh, God. Do I remember what happened last week? Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't blame you if you don't because it was a lot of rhetoric. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't. I don't remember what happened last week. I'm sorry. I was not only did I live it, I also then edited the podcast and listened to it again, and I still didn't remember. You mean this? This uh, book aimed at teenage girls about their uh, love idol from the mid '90s didn't resonate with you. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, was about the um, audience reaction to. Home Improvement first getting on the air and the surprise uh, um, reaction to the boys specifically, that it targeted um, young people in a way they didn't expect. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. They thought it was only going to be for the dads, but it turns out it was fun for the whole family. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So that's what we're picking up this week. Uh, We're going to start to talk about Jonathan's work schedule. So Mm -hmm. buckle up, folks. Uh, Here we go. Jonathan's life began to take uh, on a familiar pattern divided between work days and off days. The home improvement schedule was an easy one to adapt to. Three weeks on, one week off. 
starting Ooh. at the end of July or early August and ending for hiatus in March or April. Uh, I think this is going to be really interesting because it's going to give us some in, um, some insight into how the show itself is actually filmed. So I'm yeah, excited yeah. To, to keep going here. Um, yes. <laughs> and all everyone reading along at home is, is excited, too. <laughs> On the days, uh, Jonathan, you could probably take, I mean, you do a lot of editing, but you could probably take um, me reading from this book and create an audiobook version of it. (laughs) Rocketing to the top of iTunes. (laughs) On the days that Jonathan's required uh, to be on the set, he wakes up at 7 a.m., quote, without an alarm clock. I don't know who that's quoting. It literally does not attribute it to anybody. Uh, Well... (laughs) I mean, is that really a surprise, though? I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're a kid. Your mom wakes you up. And yeah, right. What, what, yeah. It's not. Uh, and is ready by 8 a.m. for the hour-long ride to the Disney Studios in Burbank. While, Jesus. Ow. Yeah. L.A. traffic is murder. Am I right, folks? <laughs> While Claudine drives and country music plays on the radio, JTT busies himself reading the sports section of the newspaper or sometimes the classified ads. <laughs> there's, Wait. A, there's an explanation uh, okay as he told disney adventures magazine i love old cars so i like to see what's for sale i like the 65 mustang the 54 porsche speedster and the 58 and 61 chevy impala they're big <laughs> boats but they're cool i i love that she included their big boats because i know that some jargon he picked up Probably from Tim Allen. Got to be from Tim. Yeah, yeah. or it's just somebody else in his life that he's like, I'm going to adapt that as my own phrase in describing this. <laughs> I, I just I just love the image of a child in a car in traffic reading the newspaper. Just something about, <laughs> like, hold it, holding a newspaper and reading it is a thing you're only allowed to do after the age of 21. To see a child doing it seriously is True, too much I don't know me. if you know this. JTT was very advanced for his age. Uh, really? Well, I... I <laughs> Tell me more. Enlighten me. (laughs) On other commutes, he goes over that week's script. Some people think it must be difficult to uh, memorize all the lines for each show, but it comes naturally to Jonathan. Once you, uh, quote, once you get into the rhythm of reading the script, you can interpret it very easily, he explains. Mm -hmm. The only problem is when the writers keep changing the lines, and then I have to remember the new ones. Ah. (laughs) Depending on the traffic and how badly the L.A. freeways are backed up, Jonathan arrives at Stage 4 on Disney Studios around 9 a.m. That's where he meets Zach and Taryn in the uh, on-set school trailer. By law, kids are required to do three hours of school every day. They are taught all the appropriate subjects for their respective grades by a special on-set tutor who gets the classwork from the boys' regular schools. Hmm. Quote, Hmm. in the morning... We do an hour of school, Jonathan explains, then rehearsals start. On Mondays, we have what's called a table reading, where the producers and everyone in the cast sits around the table and reads over the script to see if it's funny, if the jokes are good, (laughs) if the script comes together. Um, My one thing I want to point out in that is an hour of school. (laughs) Yeah, that's just what I'm thinking. Like, you start... Like, so you... Three hours of school a day, and they're not even consecutive hours. You just kind of, like, do an hour... At, at God, work, I, I think I get an email out in an hour <laughs> when I yeah. start work. Uh, also, if the kids aren't focusing, which I imagine they're not always, like yeah. if it takes a minute to get everybody on track, that's wild. Uh, after the read-through, it's back to school for the boys until the rest of the cast 
uh, or while the rest of the cast uh, continues rehearsal until lunch break. Everyone either drops uh, by the Disney commissary for their midday meals or picks up something from the catering services table on set. Since Jonathan is a vegetarian, eh? Uh, he usually sticks to fruits, vegetables, well, <laughs> fruits, vegetables, soups, or pasta for lunch. However, the food selections in the cafeteria don't. Okay, I can already uh, hear my inner monologue falling asleep here, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I really my, was she paid by the word? Is this a Charles Dickens situation? <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. This was like originally the, the girl, serialized in the New Yorker. <laughs> All these, all these teen girls like lying on on their beds, tearing through this book. Like, what? What else does the Disney cafeteria have, though? <laughs> I'm starting. What's What's the Thursday lunch special? I, I'm gonna have to excerpt on the fly because this is only about halfway through what I had prepared for this. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, so we we're talking about cafeteria food. Likes to squeeze in some study time. Um, work is uh, not going to suffer because of his career. Uh, his schoolwork yeah. isn't. Uh, I, I understand that. Uh, as the week progresses, the show gets closer and closer to a finished product. Tuesday and Wednesday are devoted exclusively to rehearsals. By Thursday, almost everything is perfect. The script changes are made, new scenes are added, and those that aren't working are cut. Then it's dress rehearsal. That's when JTT and the rest of the cast first put on the clothes selected selected by the wardrobe department. Blah, 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 wardrobe, but they put on clothes. Um, <laughs> Monday this, th- is a, this is a... St- those of you following along at home are probably lost by now if you're, if you're lo- you know, trying to read all this dense text. <laughs> this is also verbatim what the audiobook is going to be. Just going, nah, da, 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 da. Okay, Monday through Thursday, <laughs> That would be great if, audio, if audiobooks skimmed for you. <laughs> like, uh, all right, this chapter of War and Peace, it's, mo- it's mostly fluff. Uh, uh, let's see, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of lamentation of the nature of good and evil okay <laughs> monday through thursday jonathan heads home around 6 p.m and usually does his homework uh until the end of his commute but if he's caught up he reads auto and fishing magazines uh and chats away with his mom um friday is tape day which is jonathan's favorite day of the week uh actually like most sitcoms home improvement has two tapings on friday <gasps> first in the afternoon and later in the evening i wanted to mention that because that might give us some insight into some of these weird discrepancies we sometimes see mm-hmm. uh the cast spends the morning and late afternoon um having their makeup done blah 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 uh jonathan's always prepared quote you can do this a million times and you are still going to be nervous because you can't beat stage fright Sometimes no. I go to my dressing room and watch TV mentally uh, to mentally take the pressure away. <laughs> I, I just I go to my dressing room and I watch TV mentally. <laughs> just <laughs> sits in the corner off. with his eyes closed. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling if I ever like if <laughs> there was ever some catastrophic apocalypse and we all lived through it, but we had no more electronics, I would probably stare at a TV trying to memorize all of my favorite movies. Um, if you know, if if we if we lived through an apocalypse and had no more electronics, like the job I would find in that would be traveling from town to town reenacting Cheers episodes <laughs> as a one man show. Uh, okay, last uh, last paragraph here that I thought was interesting. Part of the pressure, of course, is taping in front of a live audience, but Jonathan always gets on the set. Uh, and all those butter- butterflies fly away. He thrives on the give and take of the actor and audience and says, I love performing in front of an audience. I love to hear the reaction of live people um, in front of a, uh, I love, wait, 
uh, of real live people. Since the show is taped before a live audience, all the laughs are real. We have microphones that hang out over the audience and pick up laughs. It's much better than a laugh track. Actually, in those early days, there were a lot of laughs on the set of Home Improvement, both in front of an audience and behind the scenes. So I, I excerpted um, something I didn't mean to, which was about him reading <laughs> fishing magazines and talking to people on the set about fishing. They don't name check anyone, but I wanted to ask you, who do you think he's talking to fishing about? Uh, who do you think he's talking to fishing about? Uh, well, let's see. Who, who do you um, think he's talking about fishing to? Good Lord, I, I can't form a sentence. It seems like a Richard Karn thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I we've and I know we've had a lot of interactions with Richard Karn over the internet. He's never mentioned fishing, but look at him fishing. I mean, he's <laughs> that or he fishes. or Earl Hinman. I mean, it's more likely that Earl Hinman would be in proximity to Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, unless we're talking about these dress rehearsals. But true, true. I can see yeah, either I, one, or or even yeah. Tim for that matter. I feel like Tim is too busy, though. Like, yeah, like I feel like true. like Richard Richard Carn and Earl Hinman had the time. Well, honestly, even like Earl Hinman was probably a bigger actor at that point than than Richard Carn was. So maybe yeah, he, right. he even had other obligations. Little, Richard Carn was just like you know fixing up apartments. Little do people know, Wilson's fishing hat in the show was actually Earl Hinman's real hat in real life. <gasps> <laughs> That's not part of the book. Just, and if it was, I'd have to fact check it. <laughs> That's that's total that's totally E H the uh, the unauthorized biography of Earl Hindman. <laughs> Chapter one, Silverado. <laughs> um, Chapter two, Home Improvement. Chapter three, Epilogue and Acknowledgements. <laughs> he was on Ryan's Hope for well over uh, I don't know hundreds of episodes. I couldn't remember. Chapter it was two zero, or five. Ryan's Hope. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, y- you're right. I just he was in uh, taking a Pelham one two three. Okay. Okay. You know what? You're you're right about all of this. I my my book is. This is why it's an unauthorized biography. He he didn't authorize it because I didn't do a very good job of of writing his life story. The unauthorized pamphlet of Earl Hinman. Well, Heidi Ho, inattentive biographer. I can't help but notice you've left a lot of things out. I believe it was Descartes who said you need to do your homework and not just remember two things you saw on Wikipedia. <laughs> Um, he was on an episode of Tales of the Dark Side. Let's get back to the episode. We yeah, have really why deviated. Why we get back? We have deviated in a major way. Uh, and I, I'm, uh, I'm bringing you into part of that responsibility, uh, even okay. though it was completely me. Let's get back. Senator Jason's talking to Tim. Yes. Uh, tells Tim that he's looking at um, yeah, buying the power tool. We talked about that. Tim is completely charmed. Jason's delivery is spectacular. Uh, and then Jason, to, to you know, to leave, says, oh, well, I got to get home and watch today's tool time because I taped them all. And uh, he, goes out the, he goes out the door, and Tim is like, I like that guy. You should hang out with him more often. <laughs> and I, I want to point out, just uh, this is kind of foreshadowing a little bit, but Senator Jason comes to the house through the backyard where mm-hmm. there are glass windows, and he just walks right in. This is going to be an episode about home security. Yes. Where they place so many locks on the front door. They do nothing about the back. I mean, well, they do some stuff in the backyard, but it seems like there's a much more glaring issue about security that anyone can walk into your backyard at any time and just walk into your house. <laughs> well, if you'll remember in later scenes, the backyard is a veritable minefield. At well, one yeah, point. yeah. So that's, I want to walk it back a little bit, but still. if you if you 
if you make it to the glass doors, the multiple layers of security have already failed. And at that point, yeah. you know, but at that I, point it I comes already, down to Tim and his baseball bat. I have things I want to point out when we go into these Tool Time episodes, but uh, we're not quite there yet. Let's go to, uh, as Jason's leaving, um, Tim sees the flashing lights uh, in Wilson's yard and goes out back to see what, uh, what the H happened. Yes, and uh, what the H happened is that uh, Wilson's house has been broken into. Gasp, except not a gasp if you listened to our synopsis earlier, 45 minutes ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's a trail of broken pottery coming out the back door. There is a cop in the backyard. And that wasn't, uh, that wasn't uh, from the burglar. Wilson was just so mad that he smashed the, <laughs> the lamp he was working on. He uh, yeah he he citizen caned it he just destroyed the entire house because of his anger over uh, his dissolved marriage and what his life has become, um, but yeah so he is you know his house got broken into and and he asks what they took and so, so they took my they took my Fijian cheek extender my stuffed cow's hoof and worst of all my African mucus cup and Tim goes oh, they always take the good stuff. <laughs> Uh, what the fuck was Wilson doing in Africa where he brought back a mucus cup and a circumcision mask? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think he, he was at a bris and then <laughs> caught a bad cold. I think that's all, that's all I can, <laughs> oh man, that's all I can say. Um, it may have been, it also, it might've been two trips. <laughs> two, two completely separate decisions to bring things like that back. Um, <laughs> So uh, you know you you catch a you catch a cold at at the circumcision and then <laughs> the obvious you know you're still you're still you're still uh, I was about to say in country but of course Africa's yeah. not a country Maybe it was you're an still adult in continent and being Ooh. laid bare gave him uh, uh, a little a little chill. That's awful, Landon. That's just simply terrible, and we're just going to continue. The police officer who is in the backyard taking the report, Officer Guidry, yep. uh, is complaining to Wilson and saying, well, how am I supposed to write this up? What's a mucus cup worth? And Wilson says, well, not much here in Detroit, but in Africa you can get six goats and a virgin for it. <laughs> oh, man, Wilson, how about you? Um, let's go into a little character actor corner. We'll make it quick because we let's. had a long JTT junction. Um <laughs> Officer Guthrie, uh is played by Michael Milloin. Mil Mil Milhone. Milhon. M I L H O A N. Milhone. Ah, Let's go with that. Milhone. Uh, okay. Eighty credits, mostly movies and mostly Ooh. action movies like Crimson Tide, uh, hmm. an executive decision. You'll understand oh. why in a minute. Uh, he was also in Field of Dreams as uh, Buck Weaver, third baseman. All right, uh, okay. She's All That, the infamous uh, You're Hot If You're Not Wearing Glasses movie. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, uh, his credits go back to 1982 in a movie called The Beach Girls. Um, we're going to play a little game before we get to our metagame about whether or not he was on ER that we've played one or two times before. We're, it's called um, See If You Can Spot the Pattern. Okay. I'm going to read you a list of his uh, uh, character names. And you tell me if you see what's up. Okay. In Murder, she wrote, he played security guard. In The Facts of Life, he played police officer. Hmm. (laughs) In Alien Nation, the TV series, not the movie, he played cop slash officer number one. (laughs) In Heat Wave, the TV movie, he played patrolman. This guy has a lot of range. (laughs) He played policeman number three. Okay. On A Different World, he played... Iron Man. 
Uh, whoa. See, this is what I'm saying. Range. <laughs> Seinfeld security guard. Uh, nah, returning to his roots. Beverly Hills, 90210. Customs official. Honey, <laughs> I blew up the kid. Captain Ed Meyerson. <laughs> now, is that a captain of a boat or a captain of a police precinct? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Renegade, Deputy Hampton. Um, you can see what's up here. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's he has a few others. Uh, executive Decision 747, First Officer. He plays some coaches. Oh. He plays some customers. Because, because he played a police officer. He got typecast as officers of all sorts. <laughs> he did play a detective at one point. He's played multiple Ooh. bartenders. He got promoted. <laughs> wow. Cops and bartenders. There's a lot of that, though. I feel like I see that a lot where there's like a guy who plays a cop in a movie, and then you look, and he always just plays the background cop. Like, you're a certain height. Yep. And you fill out a uniform the right way, and they just are like, yeah. you know, you get really good at it. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that there is like? Do you think that there's a union for background actor movie cops? Like, do you think that they they have like a bar they all go to, and like they're haunted by by the cases they were never able to solve? Do you think that when they retire from playing movie cops, they turn in their prop gun and their prop yes. badge? Yes, I do. I do. I think there is even a dogs playing poker version of police officers playing poker, <laughs> lamenting that. Yeah. Do you think that when that like in their in their retirement, like do you think that they retire and then they come out of retirement to make a little extra movie, a uh, little extra money playing security guards in movies? I know that <laughs> that this guy, you know, started playing a security guard, but uh, yes, I, I also think that is also true. Great, good, okay. Um, Was he on I, ER? No. Wow. Okay, so after eighty credits, and I'm trying to see if there are any key giveaways that i didn't go over he wasn't on nypd blue or anything like that so you're sticking with uh no not in er i'm sticking with no you are correct he was not on er where was this luck the last two fucking weeks i wonder i ask you <laughs> i i don't know because luck is an elusive thing yeah especially if it, when if you're it even me exists yeah true true if it even exists um <sighs> Yeah, okay. Well, cool. Right, well, you know, he, he does great in this. He looks very much like a cop. Uh, he is, uh, and he doesn't shoot anyone, so I, I give him lots of props for that, too. We get a cow transition to Harry's yes. Hardware Store. Uh, yes. Tim comes in and smarks Matty, Marty's ass. I I was looking down taking notes about the previous scene. I did not notice that, but I will assume it's true. Marty! Uh, <laughs> then he comes over and takes Benny's coffee uh, as he's pouring it. And initially, I'm like, ah, Tim, do you think that's Benny's first cup of coffee? Do you really want to just take the cup out of his hand that he's been sipping out of all day? Um, but his note is, uh, ah, fresh coffee, just the way I like it. Somebody else pouring it. <laughs> Tim, really yeah. just, I don't know why or how, making Harry's hardware like the throne that he sits on. I. But doesn't it make sense? I mean, also, I feel like he, I mean, he yes, probably directs does, a but... fair... I, look, I think that Tool Time probably does all of their buying for, like, supplies and stuff from Harry's Hardware. So he's brought in so much business to there. I think it makes sense that he just has the run of the place like this. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make it any less obnoxious, but... Um... You know what, I can... Look, the the people in this store sans Al are all people I'm happy to see Tim be obnoxious to because they're all varying flavors <laughs> true, of... Di- like, if he, if he stole a cup of coffee from anybody else, he'd be like, you dick, but doing it from Benny, it's like... Go, Tim. Keep doing it. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Speaking of um, Al, uh, I just want to point out before we get into the crux of the scene, um, what's up with, like, 
it's like casual collar Friday for him. He's unbuttoned one or two of the top buttons on his flannel. Uh, it's very different. <laughs> it's 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 Al Borland nights, you know. He's 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 in a relaxed uh, he's in a relaxed mood, <laughs> just swinging back and forth on his uh, hammock. <laughs> Yeah, basically, yes. He's, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, he and Eileen, maybe they had a special night the night before, and he's, uh, you know, he's feeling very relaxed right now. He and Eileen, they are um, talking about Wilson's uh, stolen <laughs> mucus cup. You, you just think if you just keep going, we're all going to forget that that happened. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't, you can't Dexy's Midnight run away from that bit. Um, Son of a but, bitch. Yeah, they're, they're. So he's talking about the burglary at Wilson's place, and Al, Al immediately says, "Is he all right? I hope they didn't get his mucus cup." <laughs> and then it like prompts a, a discussion about a mucus cup for a couple seconds, which is strange to me. Um, yeah, like they ask what the hell a mucus cup is, and Al explains, "Well, it's a traditional cup for the storing and collection of all sorts of mucus." And <laughs> and then Tim Tim is accusing Al of having stolen it, and Al just goes, "No matter how much I covet a mucus cup, I'd never steal one." <laughs> and I. I truly believe that. Um, I, I truly believe that any cup can be a mucus cup if you believe in yourself. I don't think you need a purpose-built <laughs> cup for that. Harry, uh, they, they start talking about um, Wilson's break-in and the need for a security system. Uh, they're surprised that Tim doesn't have one. They start going over. Benny's like, well, I got the best security system in the world. I don't have anything. Hey! Hey! <laughs> and Harry's like, I got the best security system in the world. Dolores. They just get one look at her and they go running. <laughs> I'm a fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this this it's just kind of a rogues gallery of just like, yep, do the bit that you do. Benny's <laughs> thing is that he sucks. Harry's thing is that he hates his wife. Um, um yeah, but they they're surprised to hear that Tim doesn't have a security system. Uh and Harry as soon as he hears that Tim's in the market for one, his his ears percolate, his eyes widen, his mouth uh goes dry with excitement as he's like I've been waiting for this day forever. I'll be right back. And he rushes into the back room and comes back out with uh, this uh, security camera with a high sensitive microphone. Um, and and Mike, like, Mike says, give me a dozen of them. Yeah. Put me down for a dozen of them. Um, I have questions about why Harry has this much surveillance equipment. It's weird, isn't it? It's not what you would expect a hardware store to stock is no. all this weird spy shit. Uh, it kind of, like, put me in the mind of, is he, like, Michael Gross in Tremors? Like, is he, like, a secret <laughs> militia nut and is creating a bunker full of his own hardware and stuff? Uh, and by hardware, I don't mean hardware. Um <laughs> I meant, you know, yeah. artillery. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah, I, I got it. Like, <laughs> it, it just concerned me for a little bit. All of a sudden, I'm like, I didn't like Harry before, but now I'm concerned about this character uh, being on the show. Yeah, he's, uh, he's. I, I mean, for someone who hates the look so much, he really has all of the equipment he needs to look at other people without them knowing it. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I don't know. I also don't know why he has all this stuff, but it's like not on display. It's like it's like hidden. It's like you have to <laughs> he look, is a, it's like it's a secret the menu. In and out burger secret menu. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. You have to order it animal style, and that's <laughs> that's how you get the, these things. But um, so people are everybody back there is running around and, and grabbing you know, grabbing new things to bring out, you know, oh and a keypad and like you need a you need a circuit breaker to, to hook them all up to and, and a million sirens others. and uh, yeah. oh, I'll get the, the yeah. flashing lights. Uh, what do you call those? The the 
ep- not epileptic lights. What are they called? Strobe lights. Strobe lights. Thank you, sir. Yeah, but they they trigger epileptic seizures. And indeed, if you have epilepsy, don't watch this episode because there's some flashing lights in it. Um, yeah, um, right. Maybe a little too late to tell people that if they're watching these episodes ahead of time. But we, we tried to do our part. <laughs> hey, we didn't make um, the show. Yeah, it's not our fault. I guess we wash our hands of the situation. <laughs> but uh, they're starting to go really overboard. And then somebody says something that prompts Tim to remember the uh, the flame hood or the, the vacuum hood. Stink hood. Or, yeah, the vacuum hood. And Tim starts like, oh, no, no, no. I Guys, I shouldn't do this. Jill told me not to go overboard. She made me take down the, the you know, the smoke hood. I need to, I might be time for the tool man to scale back just a little bit. And uh, everybody starts giving him shit for considering his wife's wants yeah. and needs. That's like uh, blank doing blank. It's That's like, like a comparison. And then, well, it just... <clears throat> excuse me, all leads to Al going, yeah, that's like my mom going to a buffet and just getting a salad. And then everyone just kind of looks at Al, and Al goes, did I say that? (laughs) And, like, Al can't win. (laughs) They make jokes about Al's mom, and he has to sit there and take it. He makes a joke about Al's mom, and then they give him shit that he made a joke about Al's mom. Uh, It's just like, god damn, get new friends, Al. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could do a lot better than these than these jabronis. We get a confetti transition to the kitchen where Tim comes mm-hmm. home and uh, from the garage right behind Jill who's making dinner and gives her a good scare. Um, yeah. She's a little on edge about the burglary. And um, he's like, don't worry, I got it covered. I got us a security system, but don't worry. I just got the basic package just right out of the box. It's basically just an empty package. Yes. And, and- she yells at him. Yeah, she's she's upset. She's saying, you know, how how dare you? You know, you, you're you don't want you know why would you skimp on protecting your wife and your kids? Like I want the, and she just really goes after him. And Tim is like very confused this by is, this. Yeah, one of I think the funniest moments of uh, the episode, and like the, one of these moments that like really reminds me why Tim Allen is such a great performer because he's so flummoxed by what Jill is saying. Like you could kind of see the process going. Am I? dreaming right now this can't be reality wait what i can't even process and articulate the thoughts that are going through my head in this moment he he says at one point am i in the right house (laughs) and then jill she just she straightens up and she just says i am turning you loose i want you to go and get the biggest baddest most state-of-the-art security system no matter what the cost (laughs) and tim's response is not a sound that I like to hear. No, he comes in his pants. Yeah, he just goes, well, he makes the sound that you would expect. It's not, it's anti-ASMR. He, 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 yeah, it's weird. It's a, it's an odd, unpleasant sound. And then she, she goes a little further to like finish him off, I guess, or get him started up again and says, I'm even giving you permission to do a tool time remote in the house. God. Uh, and then Tim leaves with a little speedy transition, um, and we cut uh, back to the kitchen. <laughs> and one yep, the, one of those uh, tool or home improvement cut to the same locations. And yes, uh, Brad is getting a Cola's cola out of the fridge while he speaks to Senator Jason about the test. Uh, Senator Jason is saying, "Yep, well, it uh, is running uh, for forty dollars this week." And Brad's like, "Oh, well, dang! I've only got a twenty here." And he's like, "Oh, did I say forty? I meant 20. Snatches it out of his hands, um, and that's when the tool time crew comes in. 
for and for a senator, Jason is not very good at wheeling and dealing and establishing a payment plan. I would have expected <laughs> more from him. Um, but yeah, Tim comes in with all tool time crew and explains to them that uh, you know, oh yeah, well we're about to we're about to shoot a shoot a tool time in here if you guys want to watch. And Jason says, oh you know, I'd love to, but I've I've got to go study for finals. You know, it's such a crazy time of year for me. And Tim says. Tim says, well, you just keep your nose to the grindstone. And he says, if I ever buy a grindstone, it'll be a Binford. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed this, but in the background of that, L is just giving Jason the most distrusting look in the world. Like, Really? I did it, not notice there this. Was, there was almost like method acting going on with Richard Karn. He's like, I know I had Al Borland had a moment with a guy like this in his youth that really screwed him over, and he does not like Jason. He can pinpoint him a mile away, so I'm going to play this like, fuck this guy. I want him out of here. I don't want him anywhere near the Taylor house. He is not a good customer. It's it's re- it's yeah it's method work it's real it's real <laughs> solid like developing you know writing out your character's backstory ahead of time yeah. stuff that only Richard Karn brings to the table. <laughs> uh, and then they we cut to the Tool Time episode. Heidi comes in the front door of the Taylor House announcing the show. Does everybody know what time it is? Tool Time. Well, I guess Tim Tim and Al kind of walk in the door behind her and go Tool Time, and then <laughs> which is kind of they, a funny bit. And then they can't get through the door because they try to walk through it together. They they do the classic Chevy Chase and Paul Simon maneuver from the You Can Call Me Al video where they try to walk through the same door at the same time and get stuck. <laughs> uh, and then Truman. Listen, I, I know I this has been an episode of me taking us on tangents, but there's yes. something important. Do you know what I'm about to point out? Is it a calendar? <laughs> We're not on the tool time set. You're free of calendars this week. No, but you have a way of finding them wherever we go. <laughs> No, we speculated a couple episodes ago, or sometime this season, uh, that there is a home improvement, a sentient home improvement logo that we call the Grunt Creep. Yeah, yeah, I kind of remember that. Posited, does that mean that there is also a Tool Time logo? Yeah. There is a Tool Time logo. Yes, the Tool Time on look, it's like a little buzzsaw thing with Tool Time around it. Yeah. So, in the home improvement universe, the one that we are watching... Do they see an animated uh, Tool Time logo bouncing around the Tool Time episodes? I, I may, maybe maybe they do. I mean, or maybe the or maybe the maybe the Tool Time uh, maybe the the Tool Time logo is an actual tool though that they use to cut through things because it's a buzz saw. You know, there was a transition. I think it was in season two, maybe three, where the Grunt Creep was being chased by a buzz saw, and I wonder if that was some sort of domestic dispute between the Home Improvement logo and the Tool Time logo. <laughs> they're either arch enemies or they're married. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. Uh, wow. I mean, if it's like Harry and Dolores, it could be both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Grunt Creep goes down to the uh, goes down to the hardware store where all the other logos hang out and talk <laughs> shit about the Tool Time logo, and then the Tool Time logo comes in and drags him out by the ear with a rolling pin in hand. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Um. Okay. So should I point out my inconsistency or my my blatant plot hole here, or should we get a little into the scene? Uh, let's get a little into the scene. Okay, take us through it. 
So uh, they explain that they're going to be doing this episode about how to install a home security system and properly secure your home, and they've invited an ex-burglar to come and tell them about how burglars operate and what parts of the house are most vulnerable to intrusion. And so they uh, they have this ex-burglar, whose name I did not write down. Uh, uh, his name was Sammy. Sammy, the ex-burglar, come in, and when he comes in, the the Tool Time theme that play it's this very jazzy, cool, like... <laughs> Uh, hint, I don't know. Put like, on just, your smoking like, robes. It's like, yeah, like a like a jazz combo version of the Tool Time theme, which later gets played in its entirety in a later montage. And my <laughs> note is just, how is this not the theme for Gruntwork Nights? Why did we not rip this? It should be now. It? Yeah, yeah. It's I I think we need to look into that if we can get a clean copy. I think of it I can. Alarm clacks. I have a. Yeah? I, have ooh, a ooh. I have sources. The little ripper that could. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so he comes in yep. and played uh, by and uh, character actor John Kaplos, I think you pronounce it, K A P E L O S. We'll do a really quick character actor corner with this. Uh, he was in 199 movies and TV shows. Jesus, uh, Jesus! <laughs> I think that qualifies as prolific. Uh, I know I've retired that word, but um, sometimes in extreme circumstances, you have to bust that stuff out. Somet- sometimes you have to take a helicopter to the uh, to the you know cabin in the woods where the retired word is out there <laughs> chopping wood and tell him we need you again, prolific. So here's the thing: he started the same. year year as our other character actor and has 109 more credits to his name <laughs> what wow, the, the our other guy should have taken a master class from this dude uh, one of his uh first uh big appearances well i guess he was in 16 candles but he played the janitor in the breakfast club which i know you didn't see looks like he was a common um uh staple in a lot of the john hughes movies because uh, he's also in weird science um Appeared on Who's the Boss, uh, Roxanne, the the Steve Martin movie. He was in L.A. Law. Uh, I'm trying to find Murder, She Wrote. God, how long was Murder, She Wrote on the air? I, I don't know, like, 84 like 10 to years 96. Jesus, that's, Ooh, yeah. God. That's, a, that's an impressive run. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was on Matlock. He's another one of these, like, I could see him playing a lot of uh, um, thieves or cops. He just kind of mm-hmm. has that, like, he could do either or. Um, yeah. He was on Seinfeld. Uh, he was in the movie The Shadow with Alec Baldwin. Ooh, the Shadow with, yeah, oh, I remember that. That's a movie I watched a lot. <laughs> he was in The Craft. I love that movie. Um, mm-hmm. The Relic. Oh, that's one I haven't watched in a while. Time Cop, the TV series. What? 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 That must have been short-lived. He played Al Capone. Mm. i got to see that. I don't know who Ted King is, but he star- stars in that. Um Okay. The West Wing. Okay, I think I'm ready. Uh, okay, okay I think I'm ready. Okay, I think I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Uh, most of his credits are from the 2000s, which is interesting. Okay, I think I'm ready. What's your What's your guess? Was he on ER? I'm going to say yes, he was on ER. <laughs> Just by statistics or what? Well, I mean, ba- based on the sheer number of credits that he has, the fact that he was on West Wing, like, I I, I mean, a guy, a guy this prolific who has a mix of both TV and film. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to say he was on he was on a popular TV show like that one. You know what other popular TV show he was on? What? Frasier. What? <laughs> <laughs> on a season 11 episode, uh which you might just be getting to called uh The Ann Who Came to Dinner. Yeah, I watched that one very recently. Who does he play in that? He's uh he plays the policeman. 
the policeman in the Anne who came to dinner. Uh, uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I, <laughs> I, there's been a lot of Frasier in my life recently, and honestly, the, the, this podcast is long enough without people listening to me sitting here going, uh... Mm, <laughs> he was on... Uh, yes, he was on ER. Oh, he was on ER. Okay, so well, my instincts are perfect when I can't possibly win. <laughs> now you know my my conundrum with uh, having to rely on you, uh, your, your... Whatever. I don't know. I can't get a thought out. So, that's him. He, he does a good job here, I think. Uh... Doing the thief, uh, the first uh, instance that they're going to do is um, see how secure the front door is. So uh, yes. he steps outside, they lock it, and uh, Tim starts to explain. Good luck to this guy. He doesn't know that I installed the. You know that's a that's a solid oak door, and I installed the deadbolt and the the uh, twisty lock. What do you call those things? Uh, myself. No, the twisty lock. <laughs> the twisty yeah. lock. And before Tim can even finish his sentence, uh, the door opens up, and the guy goes, "Well, you know, it's uh, no good to have a deadbolt if you don't use it. Um, otherwise, you can open the door with a credit card." <laughs> and Tim ever, says, "Well, I- has that ever worked? Opening a door with a credit card?" I've I've successfully opened some doors with credit cards in the past. Like it's usually been my own door if oh my I've been God. locked out, and it's interior doors. I'm just ha- I'm having a repressed memory of you rescuing after a grunt work recording of uh, our guest Sam who got locked in a bathroom with a credit card. Oh yeah, yeah, I did do that, didn't I? God. <laughs> oh, there's some grunt work behind the scenes for you. Oh man, it, yeah. It never. If we ever invite you to be a guest on our show, don't do it. Disaster will befall you. God does not want us to to have helpers. Um, anyway, let's keep going. But Tim Tim says all you've done is screw up your credit card, and he says, "No, Tim, I screwed up your credit card." And he hands it back to him, and Tim goes feeling for his wallet, and then the burglar hands him his wallet as well. <laughs> then we go into a and, montage. Yes, set to the jazzy slow jam <laughs> Gruntwork Nights theme, and uh, it's just I. I don't know. I don't know how much detail we need. It's just like Tim sets up a security camera yeah, and making faces at it. Them putting everything up. However, I do want to point out another Richard Karn thing, which is uh, Tim is making ape faces at the camera. And I don't know if this was what he was going for, but Richard Karn is mimicking him, otherwise known as aping. Oh. So oh. he could be doing a, a visual wordplay pun. This show has levels, and the levels are mainly installed by Al. <laughs> uh, yeah, we get some other antics of uh, Al installing a siren and Tim setting off the motion sensor, which blares the siren in Al's face, yada, yada, yada. Um, later, uh, they go back to the episode where uh, the security system's been installed. They're talking about setting up a password um, to call in and uh, you know be able to deactivate it with this uh, security company and they're giving password options which are not good at least not for 2020 <laughs> no 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 no. Do, yeah, you gotta get some letters and numbers in there yeah they're saying do something that you will remember maybe a loved one or a birthday <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> let's not do that um the tool time episode ends and tim says okay guys i'll see you um uh, back on the set and it is the quickest wrap-up of equipment and crew i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> they basically yeah, just pick I up was, one light and walk out the door. I, I was seeing that. Like they they go for like we pull back from the little the little monitor where they've they've finished their shot and then it's like, okay everybody, all right, we'll get this back to the studio. All right, see you tomorrow, Al, and they just walk out the door. And it's like, I wish 
any of the sets that I production assisted on back in the day would wrap out yes. that quick. That the last shot wasn't just the beginning of a two-hour-long odyssey of pain and frustration. <laughs> um, and exhaustion, yeah. Going into yeah. two or three in the morning. Tim tries mm-hmm. to walk Jill through the process. She's come downstairs. She's interested in how this new system works. It's very complicated and plays on a trope I kind of really get annoyed by where they just assume the audience doesn't know anything about technology so they're going through a coding system like okay well in order to arm the security system you press arm command three two three two one eight four dot star plus four eight nine which is like nobody nobody's ever done that (laughs) yeah 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 playing up how like there's no logic to like why the company that made this thing would make it that uh, yeah. would make it that impossible to do exactly yes. but the the point is that it's too complicated for Jill to understand or anybody for that matter not just Jill. yeah it's it, yeah Tim can barely understand yeah it. and Jill's like she throws out a scenario well what if I want to wake up in the middle of the night well she didn't say the middle of the night what if I'm upstairs and I want to go downstairs and get some food and the motion sensors on how do I get down and he's like uh you don't it says here in the manual you keep a ham by the bed <laughs> which i mean i mean and that's really just a setup for the for the tool time episode where they install a mini fridge beside the bed so <laughs> you know it, it's it's mission creep is what it is uh we cut to later uh they're in the bedroom and jill is using the panel next to the bed uh to um i don't know if it was setting or disarming the alarm but she's basically practicing while tim is in the bathroom hawking a loogie which was disgusting um and comes out he said, saying he, he said i mucus cup yes so it, it ties in. It all makes sense, guys. <laughs> uh, and then we get a um, – so Jill thinks she's starting to get the hang of this. So uh, the next scene slides into place. Uh, we get a slide transition to um, everyone sleeping. Brad sneaks downstairs because J- uh, Senator Jason has slid the test under the front door. And Brad mm-hmm. very carefully um, – uh, Kind of calling on Catherine's her grunt work. Catherine Zeta Jones is over the over the, the <laughs> over laser. not under it. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, and he doesn't look nearly as good doing it, <laughs> especially with that fucking ponytail, man. Uh, no, no, no. He picks up the ponytail is the only problem. <laughs> picks up the uh, the test and then forgets about the motion sensor and sets it off as he's heading back upstairs. And this leads everybody, uh, not only in the household but the entire neighborhood, to wake up. Yeah, yeah, there's strobe lights going off and alarms and and a recording of Tim's voice that is going like, get away from the house, the police are on the way. (laughs) Shut the drawer, shut the drawer ajar. Tim comes downstairs with a baseball bat and Brad is just hugging uh, his stomach because he's hid the test there, uh, cowering by the front door. Uh, I would be too. (laughs) With that much um, sensory input plus the threat of being bashed over the head by Tim, um, I would, I would be cowering a little bit as well. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. He is, uh, and <laughs> Tim, Tim finds him. I also love that Brad makes no attempt to hide. He's just like, I'll just close my eyes. Object <laughs> permanence. And Tim, um, yeah, Tim goes, why are you hugging yourself? And Brad in his little dumb, dumb head just goes, it just feels right. <laughs> you know, you, you might say that it's a dumb, dumb move, but it works. Tim doesn't ask any further questions. Well, can you, can you think of further questions when sirens are blaring in your hair, your hair yeah, or, or in your hair? I mean, I have lots of things in my hair right now and I have a hard enough time. Keeping Do you have up. sirens in there? Um, uh, I mean, if I dig deep enough, I can probably find one. 
then we get another montage, Truman. We have a show, oh an God. episode with two montages in it. it wait, not not since uh, not since the uh, the bedroom for Randy downstairs have we seen so many montages <laughs> in one episode. Uh, Tim's but, fucking with the bedroom panel. Yep, and the alarm goes off, and Jill wakes up, and Jill set you know Jill's trying to go out the front door, but a metal shutter drops down, and Jill's. <laughs> trying to take the garbage out in the backyard and like alarms go yeah. off and spotlights blare and all these like cutouts of dudes with guns these pop like commando up. Cut, cardboard cutouts pop up and at one point tim tries to do it again and there's like sound effects of guns going off i mean I it's no like, idea yeah what what i mean and i want to just circle back this was all bought and purchased at harry's hardware store what kind of insane paranoid dude has all of this ready to go to be set up in somebody's house. <laughs> yeah, I well, it just it further it further indicates that Harry's hardware is not a normal hardware store. <laughs> I'm beginning to think it's a front for something, but I don't know exactly what. Um anyway, uh a little bit later, uh Jill is uh or not later as she's uh dodging uh, these cardboard cutouts that are popping up. Wilson comes out and just goes, I cannot stand one more blare of these sirens. I mean, I've never seen angry Wilson before. He, I mean, we can't see his, we can't see his mouth, but we can be, be assured that it's frowning. <laughs> yes. Or, you know, spitting with anger. Um, mm-hmm. And Jill's like, you know what? I can't either. This is getting, you know, to be too much. Um, and, she says, you know, this is all my fault. I was just really worried about the security. The boys are home now, more uh, alone after work, and yada, yada, yada. And Wilson's like, well, you know, this actually reminds me of something that uh, Borsch said to me at the Russian Tea Room. Um, <laughs> well, I th- it was some- someone, I, you're actually pulling a Tim right now because you mixed up the bit. It was so- what some Russian philosopher said to him overborscht at the Russian tea room. But I, I kind of like the way- I kind of like your take on it. No. <laughs> well, I think what he says is bullshit. Um, no. Uh, borscht is shit, right? Uh, I know borscht is a stewed cabbage, but oh, that's, okay. that's good enough. What's, what yeah. is shit in Russian? I, 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 come on. Come on, Landon. Come on. <laughs> Who are you talking to? I can't even remember the names of the boys in English. I think I'm going to remember the names for shit in a million languages. You know, the Eskimos have a hundred words for shit. Um, no one is really safe is basically the uh, uh, statement that uh, Wilson's making in the scene. and uh, That we, we all die. That, that true safety is impossible and that to try and pursue it will only lead to disaster. Yes. And, uh, you know, and, and that, and, you know, Jill, uh, you know, Jill confides that yes, this has been a disaster, and Wilson says yes. Everyone on the on the street agrees. Here's this petition that all of them have signed, and he unfurls this comically unfurls it. It's about three feet long, um, which also implies that he had this in the house, got woken up by the alarm, and grabbed it when he came running outside because he knew he was going to have to prove a point. This was the moment. Yes, <laughs> this is Wilson <laughs> making his stand. Um, and uh, she's like, well, you know, Tim worked so hard on this and he's learning everything right now. And we see in the background Tim studying the manual. And Tim comes out um, saying, oh, I think I finally figured this thing out. And then he sees the petition and goes, what's that? Um, and Wilson's like, well, this is a petition of all the neighbors uh, who want you to get rid of that uh, system of yours. And Tim looks at it and goes, Joe Paduro? 
he's like four blocks away. And Wilson's like, yeah, but I think he's just pissed that he got hit by the spaghetti, <laughs> which I thought was a great callback. That's the sort of like Frasier style writing that you're kind of tying. So what you've been talking about all this time of being fooled by yes. the cold opens and it yeah. never having any effect on the episode. We have the spaghetti coming back time and again here. Yeah, the the spaghetti monster comes flying back in to bless us once again with its uh, <laughs> with its continued presence in the episode. But no, you're you're right. It is it is a very Frasier thing to keep bringing the spaghetti gag back again and again and again. Um, is there anything I missed in that scene? Uh, no, no, not really. Right. Tim just kind of grumbles about it and goes goes stalking away, and I think he trips the alarm one more time in the process. <laughs> uh, then he gets, yeah, he does, because that gives us the transition where there's a big spotlight that goes on Tim, a big prison spotlight, um, takes mm-hmm. us to the void. We come back, tool time, they are doing another episode installing a more modest alarm system. Um, now, I forgot to point out the, the plot hole before, but I feel like it's good to do it here. They're installing a, a, a system, and they're showing the inside of the house and where all of the security cameras are. They're going through point by point where the things a thief would have to uh, take note. They're basically scouting the place for the thieves watching this public TV show. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't really make a lot of sense that Jill is like, yeah, you can do a tool time remote segment where we not only show off the floor plan of our house and all the good shit we have in our house, but also also exactly what kind of alarm system we have so they know how to subvert it. It's not it's you're right. It's not very good. It's one big advertisement for why you should rob us. <laughs> um, but in, in describing this new uh, system, they say now we only have one single uh, video camera, which is located above the front door. They turn on the TV to view what this uh, might look like, and Brad is out there talking to Senator Jason, and uh, this B-plot comes to an unsatisfying conclusion, in my personal opinion, because Brad's talking Mine to too. Jason, saying, you know what, I decided I didn't cheat after all, uh, and I, I want my money back. Want, yeah, and... It's, it's wrong to cheat. My parents will kill me if they find out. I thought that they might have known that they were on camera. Like, I thought that that would be the joke. Uh, but no, mm-hmm. it just turns out Brad's an upstanding kid. Well, I mean, yeah, the cameras are super easy to miss. They're only like the size of a shoebox. <laughs> so how, how could they know that they were being... That they're being recorded on their super secret spy technology? Um... <laughs> But uh, so and and Jason is saying like, oh, come on, your parents have never figured out your dad's so dumb. He thinks I actually like tool time and uh, the door opening. Yep. And there's Tim saying, oh, it turns out you're on tool time and I'm going to give this footage to your parents. And Jason's (laughs) Senator Jason. Yeah, yeah, I just love that. He's not one to not get the last word in and just goes, did I tell you I'm an orphan? (laughs) (laughs) we cut to the outtakes and tim flubs a line once with jill but then Mm -hmm. we we cut to a scene between uh tim allen and uh senator jason who is played by uh we didn't mention his name gerard paul um ah yes coming back and uh i love this because (laughs) you could see the confidence of the character actor like yeah, they go through the lines, and there's this long, awkward pause, and he just goes, I believe that's your line. <laughs> and Tim's like, oh, yeah. is it? <laughs> to be able yeah. to say that to the star of the show, that was like... <laughs> to, to, to dunk on Tim Allen, a major movie star at the time, <laughs> when you are not someone anybody knows. I mean, maybe, I mean, if if we never see this character actor on the show again, that might be why. <laughs> like, he, he ran afoul of Tim Allen's pride. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, that's all right. He he shows up on Seinfeld as Kramer's uh, Kramer's assistant. So uh, he has a oh, career yeah. post home improvement post home improvement for sure. Um, yes, a one a one one episode career on admittedly an amazing Seinfeld episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't remember what else he was on, but it doesn't matter. We already did his character actor corner. Um, was there anything in this episode that we missed? Uh, you know, I don't think so. I think that we've pretty well covered it. It's a light episode that is mainly montage-based, and the moral <laughs> of the story, all I can think is that this must have been pretty relevant in the 90s because it's kind of when, I feel like this was around the time that home security systems were starting to become a thing oh, that yes. lots of people in the suburbs could afford to get, like, you know... You yeah. get the sign out front, you get the keypad, and, and this is probably just playing on the, this was in the zeitgeist of like, oh man, I set off the home security system again, god dang it, I guess I'm <laughs> Hank Hill now, there, Bobby. There is a certain, you know, I don't want to get into too much deepness on this, because I'm certainly not an expert, but having lived through this era in Michigan at this time, this de- what you're saying is 100% true, but I think yeah. it is in relation to the kind of violent gang violence and the shit that the you know news was pushing, uh, sure. the fear mongering era that was only beginning, yeah. Um, yeah. that you can't walk alone on the streets at night anymore. So really and, pushing that and yeah. Yeah, and I mean, no, and I mean, in the 90s, the country was substantially more dangerous than it is now. I mean, there is some, you know, something to be said for that. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I, a certain amount of it was fear-mongering also. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, but just there was, you know, it was a different different place back then. People were more concerned about crime than they are now. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Well, whatever the case might be. But I think that with the, the lowering in cost of consumer-based uh, security systems uh, just kind of made it, like... That's what happened, and, you know, uh, as Wilson said, we can never all take uh, security and thinking we're safe, so. Yep. It's all bullshit. What's the grunt count this week, sir? (laughs) Wow, just, well, okay, but before we get to the grunt count, the one other thing, when when we came into this episode, when I saw Senator Jason, and then when I saw that Wilson's house had been broken into, my thought was, oh, at the end of the episode, we find out that Senator Jason stole from Wilson, but... We never find out who stole Wilson's stuff, so we just have to be led to assume that there is some burglar running around Hamtramck who loves to steal weird, eclectic, like... <laughs> That's right. No one else gets a, gets burgled. Mucus cups. Yeah, it's yeah, just no. Wilson, so it must be this, some very eccentric burglar. Do you think... It, this could be, like, a cat burglar. Because yeah, that's what I'm thinking. They they steal a few distracting items from Wilson's place, but if they steal like they know he has one value, this could be like the start of romancing the stone type of story for Wilson. <laughs> Maybe he's gonna go supernova into his own movie, R- romancing the mucus cup. <laughs> God, God, gross. Oh, that's so <laughs> awful. He goes supernova and the movie just explodes. <laughs> uh? What's the grunt count? The grunt count. For this week is, wait, actually, you should tell me what the grunt count is. How many grunts do you think it is? <laughs> um, I just ripped my pants. That sucks. Uh, I think... Oh, <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. That's not the grunt count. Uh, I honestly, I, I want to say zero again, but I didn't actively count. I don't remember. Oh, Landon. There wasn't any that like caught my ear to go, oh, yeah, grunts. I got to write down a guess for this. So that's as, why I want to guess as, zero. 
But as soon as you saw that the title wasn't something I'd guess, you gave up completely on the chimichanga challenge. (laughs) No, I mean, I try to count during watching the episode. um, But I don't know. on On the flip side, seeing how excited Tim gets about being set loose to buy the security camera, I can definitely assume that there must be a grunt in here somewhere. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna stay by my my gut, which says zero, but I won't be surprised if there are more. Uh, well, the actual grunt count is five. Oh, did we get a, a grunt cluster? Or are they separate? <laughs> yeah, no, there's some grunt clusters. It's when he's at the uh, when he's at the store yeah. uh, up front, or like when he's buying the stuff. He he starts grunting. There, there's one in particular. This doesn't encompass all of them, but he. He's going, oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I can't do that. Like, it start, oh, he starts going, oh, oh, and then, and then oh, oh, intermittent whoa, 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 no, no, no. Yeah, like, it starts off as grunts and then it turns into words, so you have to stop the counter. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it, it took a bunch of pausing and rewinding to get it all, so you're welcome, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, you had your yeah, work cut out for you this week. I certainly did. I like a lot of all my neighbors heard heard the same clip of Tim Allen grunting played back several times. I will get evicted by the end of this podcast. I give you my word. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Uh, yes. Thank you so much for your work this week, sir. I, and thank you also for your grunt work this week. Is this how we're going to sign off every no. week now? Just like don't think me. Telling each other. Thank our patrons. Oh, our patrons. Yes, well, I guess I would like to thank some of the wonderful patrons whose contributions make this show possible, including Spencer, thank you, Amber, thank you, Michael, thank you, TJ, thank you, T.J. comma, thank you, (laughs) Uh, Cheyenne, thank you, Farah, thank you, yes, Thank you both for listening and for the additional unpaid labor of counting up all our Martys. That's why and, That's uh, why she was re-listening to our episode, um, because she's doing a uh, season Marty count. Yeah. We, we've, yeah, we've been over this. Oh. Okay. Well, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and lastly, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just, you're telling me that like it's a new, but we talked about this last time. I mean, she's doing a Marty count, but I'm saying she's going back to the beginning of the season to get a season wide one. So she's re-listening oh, okay. to our episodes. And that, and that I, and, and again, I appreciate that. That's, that's serious work and I would not wish that on anyone. So thank you. <laughs> yes. And lastly, Manbach, thank you yes. so very much. Half man, um, half Bach. All Patreon supporter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes thank you to all of you uh patrons you make grunt work uh possible uh and if you want to um contribute to this show help us stay on the air uh consider becoming a patron over at our uh patreon wow i yes <laughs> tripped my way through that thing didn't i I know you are you are stumbling through it, but uh, I'm not going to stumble through this when I tell you that for as little as one dollar a month, or actually for free right now, you'll get access to our exclusive bonus content like our weekly Gruntwork Nights episodes, where you might just hear that uh, that sexy jazzy Tool Time theme that this episode debuted. Uh, and if you subscribe at one of our higher tiers, doesn't matter because it's all free right now. So go listen to some Nights episodes. That's over at Patreon.com/GruntworkPod. You can also leave us a rating.
and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's the fastest, easiest way to support us, and it really goes a long way to get us in front of other people. Stop by and say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram. I can't promise that I'll respond right away because I'm not there right now. But um, you can also email us if you want to at info at gruntworkpodcast.com. You can find information about today's show on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com and while you're there you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released to get the grunt count hint and trivia i think this week's trivia is going to be centered around whether or not you can actually open a deadbolt lock with a credit card until next week when we bring you another episode of home improvement i've been landon solano i've been truman caps and remember To exit the podcast without tripping the alarm system, you just want to type in bypass 4, bypass bypass, alt 1, star, then 243, pound sign, bypass, then you open the system menu, okay? And then you want to start scrolling down, you want to scroll down to protocol 3, you want to open the search bar, you want to type in hashtag disarm, then you're going to open up the disarm menu, and that's that's going to be confusing because you actually want to go down to the arm sub menu, and underneath that there's going to be 16 different... (laughs) 